Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from food professor, Dr. Sylvain Chalabois. We'll talk about increasing grocery prices. Up first in today's country comment, we'll have details on the new Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program is a new initiative aimed at providing mental health support for farmers and their families. Here's board member Jerry Friesen. The long and short of it, Corey, is that there was there was there's been a need for some time, I suppose, for a for a resource for Manitoba farmers where they can where they can get uh, counseling uh, when they're experiencing mental health issues on the farm. It's something that um, I know we've had a farm line for a number of years in Manitoba, I should say a farm stress line. Uh, but this is an extension to, to that kind of um, um, resource where farmers actually at no cost to them will be able to access uh, counseling with a counselor that has agricultural background or, or is uh, intimately aware of the intricacies of agriculture. The need for this is this something that's uh, you know become more apparent here recently, um, just with all the all the challenges. Well, I think Corey, the long and short of it is, is it's been a growing need. Um, I think over the last number of years, uh, there's been a lot of awareness built across Canada regarding farm and farm stress and mental health issues on the farm. And so just, uh, it's, it's, I guess, yes, in the last few years, obviously, with the drought across Canada, uh, particularly Manitoba, with the insect infestation they had north of Winnipeg this last summer, with all the uh, different um, issues regarding the pandemic. I mean, all of these things, of course, you know, pile up and, and create more and more stress on farmers. So as much as I think if we look back to 2006, for example, I believe when the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association uh, did a survey of farmers, and then in 2016, uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Bitten from the University of Guelph did one. Did one. You can see there's an ever-increasing stress on farmers, and the and the incidence of of farmer mental illness, particularly anxiety and depression are also increasing. So there's always a greater need for for a resource like this. And Jerry, talk about what your organization will be offering and uh, just the types of uh, delivery methods that are available. Well, we, we are, we're in the process now of fundraising. Like I said before, this is, this is supposed to be at no cost to farmers. Uh, and our next step, of course, is to... to um, to retain the services of some counselors uh, that will be spread across Manitoba to make it an uh, easier access for farmers, obviously. And, uh, and then the, the intent is to provide six free counseling session uh, for a farmer or, or for their family members. And, um, and so we're looking at hopefully being able to, and we're not sure what the uptake will be, but based on what we've seen in other jurisdictions, we could well be looking at uh, helping around 120 farmers in the first 12 months. And this will uh, be something available in person or, I guess, uh, telephone or online as well? Uh, that's right. Uh, obviously, the preference would be in person. I know from personal experience that's a much better route to go. But, 
But uh, Manitoba, of course, is a large province. Farmers are spread far and wide. And so the other options, of course, are doing it virtually or by telephone. And if people want to find out more, where can they go for that? Uh, They can look us up at www.manitobafarmerwellness.ca. And the information is there. And if they require information, more information than what's available on the website, they, there's, a, there's an email address there, a telephone number, if they want to reach out to get more information. That was Jerry Friesen. He's a board member with the new Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knute. On Wednesday, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo confirmed that South Korea is lifting the temporary suspension on Canada beef imports imposed last month after the discovery of an atypical case of BSE in Alberta. China and the Philippines also implemented temporary suspensions at that time. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association is welcoming the news regarding South Korea, noting expanding and maintaining access to diverse markets is their top trade priority. The National Farmers Union wants to know why fertilizer prices have skyrocketed in recent months. The Farm Lobby Group has written a letter to the chair of the House of Commons Agriculture Committee asking for an investigation. Dean Harder is an NFU member from Manitoba. We think, you know, this is a perfect example. And those, we know stuff has been happening for years that all of a sudden, you know, okay, the price of grain goes up, it's going to be a good year. And, oh, yeah, that's why fertilizer uh, prices should go up. Not because there's really, you know, uh, a lack of it available. You know, the companies have it, you know, they're mining it. They have it available. It's because they can. And, you know, we think there should be more <laughs> reasons than that. Some would call that just uh, business as usual. You know, but if it's just because they've gotten used to it, well, that isn't good enough. So if you have an agriculture committee looking at it specifically and seeing all, being able to see all the variables in place, we hope that that creates some things that can make changes policy-wise in various areas, including the ability of the Competition Bureau to actually do something about these things. Manitoba Agriculture hosted a webinar last week in place of the annual Beef and Forage Days. Brian Peria with Canfax gave a cattle market update. We had absolutely incredible beef demand through COVID despite um, restaurants being closed or limited capacity. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen huge demand. 2015, 2014, that's when we had some of the highest, previously the highest uh, cutout prices, you know, and we've just destroyed that kind of record, uh, uh, those kind of price levels. We've, we've moved into certainly much higher prices. And we did this in the fact that uh, North America had record beef production. So we had extremely strong cutout wholesale prices. We've had record high retail prices and we've had record high throughput. And in the last year, Saskatchewan has seen five major canola crush facility announcements. The latest is a joint venture between FCL and AGT Foods, for a 1.1 million ton crush facility. SAS Canola's policy manager, Dale Leftwich, says they're excited about the announcement because it helps diversify their markets. The idea that it's uh, also in association with AGT is really good as well for us because with all of the, the production, um, the canola crushing plants that are going in, we also need a market for the meal. And the fact that AGT is there and has a uh, can blend the meal with uh, some of the peas is actually uh, very good. It's very good in, in, a, in a great many ways. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, January 20th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from food professor Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. 
The consumer price index increased at an annual pace of 4.8% in December. Stats Canada reported Wednesday that grocery prices increased by 5.7%, the largest annual gain since 2011. Sylvain Charlebois is a food professor at Dalhousie University. In December, we released Canada's food price report, and uh, it's on par with what we were expecting uh, about a month ago. So uh, no surprises there. Obviously, uh, because of supply chain challenges, because of, uh, of higher input costs, uh, and labor uh, also being an issue, uh, we weren't surprised to see uh, prices rise uh, as much as they have. And, and in fact, uh, we were expecting a number well over uh, well over five percent, and that's kind of what we got. I actually think that right now, Statistics Canada uh, is is presenting a picture that is much more. Uh, consistent with what we think is actually going on at the grocery store right now. One of the big uh, items here, um, the price of fresh produce um, rising here. Just talk talk a little bit about that and, and some of the reasons behind that. Yeah, so this is, uh, so produce were, were a non-story in 2021, really, and, and so we're, st- we're expecting... Uh, produce to be much more of an issue in 2022. It, it again, it wasn't our report in in December. Uh, of course, with Omicron and uh, and vaccine mandates at the border, we are expecting uh, a seven percent to be actually modest. So we're expecting uh, price fluctuations to be quite significant in that area of the grocery store. Other areas of the grocery store we were concerned about, not much meat. Uh, actually, I think meat is going to be a good year for, uh, well, 2022 is actually going to be a good year for meat lovers, generally speaking. Uh, bakery may become an issue down the road. Uh, and the center of the store, uh, a lot of the dry goods, uh, we believe, uh, are going to become more expensive for two reasons. One, access. Uh, again, going back to the vaccine mandate at the border, uh, it's going to be more difficult to get some. And secondly, most vendors selling to grocers are discouraging any promotions. So, uh, so anything on sale uh, will be much more difficult to find in the grocery store over the next little while. We were just talking off air there about empty shelves at the grocery stores. You know, what have you been hearing from across the country? Yeah, I think food access is starting to be a real issue across the country. Uh, as a result, I mean, there are four factors. Uh, one, Omicron. Two, uh, food recalls. Three, the weather uh, with major sore storms, uh, snowstorms hitting central Canada. And obviously, vaccine mandates are impacting uh, our food access, especially in the middle of winter. Uh, so we're very concerned about that because as soon as food access becomes a concern, uh, it will end up becoming a food affordability issue eventually. So that could, the lack of access to food could actually end up making our food inflation rate even higher, unfortunately. That was Sylvain Charlebois, a food professor at Dalhousie University. With COVID, people are spending more time in the kitchen and are looking for more information on the food they eat. Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler talked with Michael Young, president of Canada Beef, about the new Canadian Beef Information Gateway, a QR code that will link people with a variety of information on the beef they eat. Now, Michael, to start with, uh, let's just talk a little bit about Canada Beef and its role. With a market development and promotion agency um, for the Canadian Beef Checkoff Agency, 
So we're, um, we deliver the promotion market development programs in the domestic market and in the international marketplace. That being said, Canada Beef has launched the Canadian Beef Information Gateway. Now, fill us in on this. What is it? What's it all about? Uh, yeah, we're quite excited about this. This is uh, an idea that had come to us, I guess, since COVID. <clears throat> what had happened was we had noticed a lot of consumers are now using QR codes. So we had the idea, you know, what if we could as- associate a QR code with a particular beef item to, to give it its own menu of assets, so to speak. Um, so we liked the idea and the opportunity was right because, you know, COVID handed us this great opportunity where folks are back in the kitchen. They all want to, you know, kid, they all have to cook and everyone seems to be rediscovering their appliances. So, um, we did a little bit of research to find out if Canadians would actually be interested in getting this kind of information. And we found out uh, uh, that actually they were quite in, indeed interested. Uh, 68% of them told us that uh, they're interested in nutritional information. Uh, 60% wanted recipe videos. Uh, 66% were looking at cooking methods. 65% wanted food safety and almost 70%, like 68%, wanted more information about beef quality and grading. So that really was the challenge for us, is can we produce this many assets and then associate uh, that to a QR code that a consumer could then um, access, either reading a digital flyer or walking through a, a grocery store or sitting at home wondering what uh, how to plan my menu for the, for the coming week, you know, based on the feature activity. They could literally... Uh, look up the beef item, and then uh, look at all the recipes and uh, information that we know they're looking for. It is ultimately for the consumer, but we built sort of um, three platforms uh, that will support different levels of the industry, which is important to us. Um, So not just the retail partner who actually sells to the consumers, but also uh, meat processing plants who want to incorporate some of their own information, but also tie it with the consumer information. So we have a platform that is uh, applicable to what we call clients, which would be a meat processor, packer, purveyor type operation. So we have a platform to adjust for them. And then we also saw the opportunity for individual, a lot of producers now are doing their own marketing on farm or in farmer's markets or they're affiliated or connected. So we also saw the opportunity to, to build a platform for them to adapt uh, their business enterprises as well you know, all roads lead to the gateway. It's just that how you get there and the other information that you may want to uh, include uh, is is completely customizable. So that was the opportunity for us. So how quickly will consumers be able to utilize this then? Well, the, um, the main one, the generic one, which can be uh, accessed via QR code, um, that's that's ready to go now. So that's the generic one. You use one QR code to get you to a website, which will then, uh, you then pick the cut you're interested in and you'll have access to all the information, nutritional information, cooking, videos. You can literally watch a cooking video on that cut while you're standing in line to pay for it if you choose to or when you're standing in front of the meat case. So, so that one is ready to go now. The, the the actual customized retail ones, we've been working with the retail sector now for quite a few months, uh, and those aren't quite ready to launch. They're all obviously progressing at different speeds depending on the retail partner. 
but those are in the process of of being developed uh, at the moment. I've been talking with Michael Young, the president of Canada Bee. That generic QR code that we've been talking about will be available on our website under the Ag News in our story on Canada Beef. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops this winter. These will take place online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Manitoba Ag Days in Brandon has been postponed this week. New dates are being determined. Keystone Agricultural Producers has moved its 38th annual meeting to a virtual format next week, January 25th and 26th. Visit the CAP website for details. Manitoba Forge Seed is going virtual January 26th and 27th. Visit their website for details. And Crop Connect 2022 has been cancelled. It was originally scheduled for next month in Winnipeg. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Despite recent challenges, demand for beef has been strong. Brian Perry is with Canfax. Globally, as I said, uh, you know, international meat demand has been incredibly strong. Uh, Part of that's related, you know, we've seen a flattening or almost a shrinking in global meat supplies. You know, African swine fever where, you know, decimated the Chinese hog herd and China had almost has almost half the hogs in the world that rippled through global meat markets, not just pork markets. So we've seen incredible demand from China for beef. They've become the world's biggest beef importer uh, and that supported overall global prices. Manitoba Agriculture hosted a webinar last week in place of the annual Beef and Forage Days. The president of the National Farmers Union has written a letter to the chair of the House of Commons Agriculture Committee asking for an investigation into rising fertilizer prices. Dean Harder is an NFU member from Manitoba. Farmers have seen a major increase in fertilizer prices over the past two years, and specifically the last year was was the hardest and the craziest. No one thought it would get to where it did get. I've heard talk of, you know, close to $2,000 per metric ton, so that's like, you know, crazy, and maybe Many, many farmers were able to avoid that, that highest price, but still like way over double what they were paying the year before. The NFU says fertilizer prices have skyrocketed over the past six months and they want to know why. And another canola crush facility is on the horizon for Western Canada. FCL and AGT Foods announced a joint venture this week that will mark the fifth canola crush plant announcement for Saskatchewan in the past year. Sask Canola's policy manager is Dale Leftwich. Farmers know that they're going to have a good a good market for their canola, and also that it's um, that it's a, a domestic market, and we don't have to uh, worry quite so much about the variability of export markets. So it, it's very good and very good for Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan actually has a little bit of a market. Uh, disadvantage when it comes to exporting to either coast. So the idea of having this domestic domestic market in Saskatchewan is is really helpful. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, NDP MLA Jim Malloway has introduced a bill to give Manitoba farmers the right to repair their machinery. He talked about the bill. Well, it basically comes from um, European... um, uh, rule changes this past uh, year, last summer, uh, which are requiring manufacturers um, that do business in in the European Union to produce 
better made products, I guess, you know, like uh, washer dryers that last 10 years rather than like three years and end up in the landfills. And uh, so the requirements are that the manufacturers um, have to provide parts and have to provide manuals uh, to the repair shops. Um, and uh, otherwise, if they don't do that, then they're on the hook for uh, compensation to the uh, to the end user. Yeah, and for for farmers here in Manitoba, you know, just talk about some of the issues that they're they're facing when you know just trying to to fix some of their equipment. Yeah, well, you know, in the old days, I guess you know, back in the fifties and sixties, before all this electronic uh, stuff came in. Um, you know, people could um, get repairs and so on done, um, and 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 nowadays it's become way more complicated. We're we're not thinking that any farmer is going to be out there repairing his own combine, but we want to make sure that the repair shops have uh, a good supply of of of, um, of repair parts and and manuals. And, and, and basically what I don't think you're going to have a problem with the big manufacturers like, you know, John Deere, because they've got a good infrastructure in place already. It's the manufacturer that has a very small, you know, part of the market, right? That, that may not, uh, may not be so willing to provide the, uh, the, the manuals and the parts and, uh, and maybe doesn't produce as good a product as, uh, as as the company that is more well known and has a, a good uh, dealership network, even small things like resetting a clock or something like that, um, farmers need to contact the dealer for that. You know, is that an issue that's that's come up? Yes, it has. That that's actually a very true. Like, why should you have to wait for hours and hours to have somebody come out from the dealership in in the in the height of the season? Maybe you know, uh, and 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 have to wait when you should be able to like put in your codes that reset and reset the clock. And, you know, I know with my boat, I've got, you know, I've got stuff that I can do little codes. I can put in there to reset this and reset that. But I choose to let ends brothers take care of all my, uh, you know, my issues with my boat. Right. But I should have the right to be able to access those codes to be able to reset my, whatever I'm resetting there in the, in the boat. And this is Bill. This is now Bill two sixteen, as you mentioned. Um, you know, where, where yeah, they- it's, it's two. It's two sixteen because we all bills that don't pass in a legislative session get basically just die on the order paper, and then you have to start again reintroducing all these things in the next session, which is what we've done. Where's this bill at right now? I guess what stage? Well, we just started our new session, and uh, and had a throne speech and so I've entered I've reintroduced it and it's basically exactly like it was before. Now interestingly enough we have a I had in the previous session a bill dealing uh putting rules on scrap metal dealers because of the huge amount of theft there is right now in these catalytic converters out, out of your car. And uh and of course the uh, not only that but all the copper and uh those kind of uh, scrap metals are being stolen uh, off, uh, work sites and stuff like that. So I had a bill to regulate the, uh, scrap metal dealers. And guess what? The government just went ahead and introduced their own literally like a day after I did a reintroduction on my bill. So 
the, you know, it's proof that the, that, that we follow each other pretty closely. And when you've got a good idea, that uh, the government can pick it up. So they basically copied my bill, and uh, we're going to make that the law this this next session, or this, you know, when the session resumes. That was NDP Elmwood MLA Jim Malloway, who's introduced a bill to give Manitoba farmers the right to repair their machinery. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat with the province's new agriculture minister, Derek Johnson. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.